0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. Don't get used to this every week, but I am going to be throwing food at you again this week. Uh, So it won't involve cans of SpaghettiOs that could take spleens out. But uh, we we do have some food uh, tonight. So as you're turning to Luke chapter 10, something I try to remind you every once in a while is that sometimes experts get it wrong. Sometimes experts get it wrong, and there's some, some of my favorite stories about how experts get it wrong. I, I, I brought, um, there's a guy in 1955, he was a movie producer, and he said this, television won't last because people will soon get tired of staring into a plywood box every night. And now people are like binging shows all weekend, right? Expert, got it wrong. Um, this guy, ra- writing for Variety magazine in 1955, said of rock and roll, it'll be gone by June. And now people are going to still like going to music festivals like seventy years later. Um, this guy for Decca Recording was talking about the Beatles. They auditioned to get a record label, and he said we don 't like their sound, and guitar music is on the way out." Big missed opportunity. Expert got it wrong. Um, I don't know if you heard of this guy, Ronald Reagan. He was a president in the 80s. Um, he rode a Velociraptor with George Washington with an AR-15 and like won our country back or something like that. I don't know the whole story. Um, but he was a president, but before that he was an actor. He auditioned for the role of president for the film The Best Man, and they turned him down because this is what they, this is what they said, United Artists. They said he doesn't have the presidential look. <laughs> And then this is going to be my quintessential reminder that sometimes the experts get it wrong. Um, We all remember this, 15 days to stop the spread of COVID-19. So sometimes, sometimes the experts get it wrong. And tonight in Luke chapter 10, we're going to be talking about an expert who got it wrong. There are going to be some pepperoni rolls involved too. But we're going to be talking about an expert who got it wrong, and we're starting this series called Love Where You Live. I don't know how many of y'all in your tags, you talked a little bit, maybe had a little bit of gripe session about our area. The good, the bad. Some people couldn't find anything good. There were a couple that couldn't find anything bad. Um, but um, have, you ever, have you ever heard the phrase, he's a strange bird? Or maybe it's just something my dad always said. My dad is a, weird people are attracted to him. If you know my dad, you can get a kick out of that. But like, yeah, yeah, anybody else like that? Like, you hate to be, you hate to label people as weird, but like, interesting people, are you like, anybody like that? Interesting people just seem to be attracted to me. April laughs because anywhere we go, these interesting people are attracted to me. I was in the middle of Anthony Creek, waited with a fishing line, like, on vacation with my shirt off, just fishing, whatever. And this guy comes up to me and starts telling me his life story from the bank. And April's just over there, like, on the other side, just laughing. Like, like. but my dad would always say about somebody who's interesting, he's a strange bird. He's a strange bird. So when we're talking about love where you live, how we should love the people where we live, you don't have to necessarily love Huntington, but you have to love the people of Huntington. You don't have to, have to love Midland, but you have to love... There are going to be some strange birds that are really hard to love. And there's this, uh, there's this term that, that you hear, especially when you talk about people who are caregivers. People who work in the medical field or people who, um, people who, are, who work in like psychology. And the word is called compassion fatigue. Have you ever heard that term before? Compassion fatigue. And what that means is that sometimes you spend so much time taking care of people who are really needy. You spend so much time dealing with strange birds in your life. People, not, real, not birds, but people. That you get worn out from dealing with with people. Anybody ever been worn out from dealing with people and their drama and their problems? We all got strange birds in our life. Who here has a strange bird in your life? Who here is sitting next to the strange bird in your life? Oh, man, you guys are mean. Okay. You guys are mean. But here's the challenge tonight. We're doing a three-week series called Love Where You Live. And this is the challenge... And the challenge lines right up with what the mission statement of our church is. And it's this, that we exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. I'm going to say it again. They say repetition, gets it in your mind. You ever have, hear one of those commercials that repeats it a million times, right? We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. And tonight we're going to challenge you. Tonight we're going to challenge you that you can't just live and love like Jesus with people who you like. You have to live and love like Jesus to people you don't like. You have to live and love like Jesus to the strange birds in your life. So tonight in Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at this story. And this is a story where the expert got it wrong. So let's read it. Let's read it together and of course we have some observations and some comments So let's read it Uh, Chapter 10 verse starting in verse 15 and behold a lawyer Well, we're in trouble already. We got lawyers involved and behold a lawyer stood up to him To put him to the test saying teacher. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him jesus said to him what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. Okay. Verse 29. But he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a a priest was coming down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to the place where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Everybody say that word, compassion. Okay, that's a key word. He had compassion. Verse 34, He went out to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper saying, Take care of him and whatever you spend, I'll repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the one who fell among the robbers? Jesus asked the man. And the man said, the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So let's pray and then we're going we're gonna to look into this story. Oh God, we're reminded how important it is to love where we live. We here see someone who had compassion, and we need to have compassion, but sometimes we're just flat worn out. So God, I pray that tonight you'll stir it back up in our hearts, um, God, that you'll, you, you, you'll convict us that, that we need to live like you, but more importantly, Lord, we'll, that you'll convince us that we're totally and, and, and 100% dependent on Jesus, dependent on Jesus to be our righteousness and to be our Savior and the way to our eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of have heard, you're familiar with this story? You've heard the story of the Good Samaritan before. How many have heard the term? Maybe you haven't heard the story, but you've at least heard the term Good Samaritan. We use that term to talk about people who do something nice, like a random person who does something nice for you. And most people kind of center in on this story that this person was a Good Samaritan. He took care of someone. But there's actually a bigger story involved here. So what I want to do, as we're kind of looking at this and how we should make disciples who live and love like Jesus, I want to talk about, first, the big story. Because what this is, it's a big story with a little story in the center of it. So as I was thinking about a big story with a little story in the center, I started thinking of all the good food that has something with something else in the center. Like, I thought about Tootsie Pops, you know, I thought about jelly-filled donuts, and I was starting to think, what, what, what kind of these food items could I hurl across the room? I thought jelly-filled donuts would be dangerous. Like, I mean, I, I could see that not turning out well. I could see a big dry cleaning bill. Yeah, I, I thought, well, yeah, the, I could just imagine a Tootsie Pop, like the, the stick, like sticking into somebody's eye, me getting sued. But there's one food item that is just so good that has something in the middle, and it's pepperoni rolls. And not just pepperoni rolls, but gas station pepperoni rolls. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Gas station. I've got the gas station bag, so I've got a few that like I'm just gonna kind of throw out. Uh, I got to get the back this time. Yeah. Yeah. Two at a time. <laughs> one on the floor. Way to go. OK. So so we're going to talk about how this story we're going to talk about how this story is kind of like a pepperoni roll, in that there's the outside. That is the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful buttery bread. There's the inside, the pepperoni. The outside, the buttery bread, is the interaction between Jesus and this lawyer. The pepperoni is the story, the parable. Jesus tells about this good Samaritan. So let's start with the buttery, garlicky outside. You ready? How many of y'all are how many of y'all are really jealous of the people that got the pepperoni rolls? I think I think we're gonna have to have a pepperoni roll night here pretty soon. Um, so, because I've never seen y'all fight like that before. Um, first, let's talk about the big story. Look down, in, look down in your Bibles and look at the big question that's happening here. Jesus has been spending time with his disciples. What you read about earlier in Luke chapter 10 is that Jesus sent 70 of his disciples out to do some incredible things. He gave them power and authority and they cast demons out of people who were demon-possessed. They healed people who, were, who, who needed medical attention they did incredible, incredible things. And Jesus was talking to them and he was revealing some special truth to them that nobody else got to, got to hear. And some of these religious leaders, one is called an expert in the law. And we think a lawyer, we think of a guy with a seersucker suit who's ready to sue your pants off. That's not the kind of lawyer we were talking, we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who was a Bible scholar. He was an expert in the Jewish law of all the rituals and all the religious things that Jewish people would do. He realized that Jesus is hanging out with all the, these strange birds over here and they're getting all of the attention and they're getting all of this like extra knowledge that he's not getting. So he wants to put Jesus to the test. See what it says? It says that he wanted to put Jesus to the test. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that he was being a jerk about it, but he wanted to know exactly what Jesus was teaching. So he started out with a question that's a pretty daggone important question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, can you think of a more important question you could ever ask in your life than this? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, whole, the whole, you know, Steelers-Bangles was a big deal on, on Sunday. But like, living forever? You can't, there's no more important question than that. So everybody, I can imagine everybody stopped and listened to what Jesus, what Jesus said. And Jesus says, well, hey. You're the expert, you tell me what's written in the law. How, what do you think? And this expert, this religious scholar, he repeats something that every Jewish person had it drilled into their head from a little baby all the way to adulthood. You know, there are things that we met, we have memorized. We didn't have to try to memorize it, right? In the morning at school, I pledge allegiance to the flag. It's on the intercom, right? You know, Some of y'all were you're like instinctively putting your hand over your hearts, you know, like good Americans, good deal. Um, but like there are certain things that from as a baby, you had drilled into your head, right? This is one of those things. In um, the Jewish people, he quotes it, it's called, it's from Deuteronomy, I did a B instead of a D. Deuteronomy 6. It's called the Shema, or as in West Virginia, we call it the Shema. But it's called the Shema. And what that was, it was the, 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 the like core of the law that god gave to the jewish people so this man says jesus what do i have to do to inherit eternal life what do i have to do to live forever and jesus says well you tell me what's written in the in the law what's written in 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 the old testament he says well love the lord your god with all your heart with all your mind with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself and jesus says well look at that you've got the answer already he says do this and you will live this man realizes though hey I don't always love God with all my heart. I don't love God with all my soul. I don't love God with all my might. And there are some strange birds in my life that I have not shown any kind of love to. I've I've actually been kind of a jerk to them because they annoy the living poo out of me. So he asks a follow-up question (laughs) to try to justify himself. See, it says desiring to justify himself, realizing he can't do this. He can't do the Shema. He can't do the Shema he can't do it. So he says, who is my neighbor? You see, this guy's having a pro- he, He's realizing a problem. If this, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your strength, all your might, love your neighbor yourself. If that's how you get into heaven, he says, I'm screwed. I'm in trouble. I can't do it. But maybe, maybe if, if I only have to love a certain group of people, maybe I, I can do that. So he asked Jesus, who, who is my neighbor? Maybe it's just the nice people. Maybe it's just the good looking people. Maybe it's just the rich people. I can love them. So Jesus then, you ready for the pepperoni roll? I mean, I don't have any more to throw out. But right here, right here, I'm highlighting here. This is, this is the pepperoni roll. Jesus tells this story. And you may be familiar with this story. So I'm not going to read it word for word again, but I want to summarize that there's a man who is going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem to Jericho is about 17 miles, exactly the distance between Huntington and Salt Rock. Any Salt Rockers out there? Got a couple Salt Rockers? Okay. So it's, it's about that long. If you, if you left Huntington, walked all the way down Route 10 and got to Salt Rock, that's how long the, the trip would be. And this man was attacked by robbers beaten to where we was half dead. We actually had an interesting story in TAG about somebody who was half dead. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll have to ask a high school guy. Um, <laughs> he kinda came back to life, it was creepy. Um, so, um, so he was beaten to where he was half dead. All his stuff was taken. This was something that wasn't uncommon to happen. People be walking down the road, they, it's almost like walking in Huntington, walking down the road, got jumped, got beat up, got, you know, they stole his clothes, they stole his money, they stole his wallet, and he couldn't even get himself up off the ground. And he was just laying there probably ready to die if nobody would save him. But good news, there's a religious person on the way. A priest is walking by. And he sees that priest in his pretty little robe and his, you know, whatever else kind of like, you know, know, priestly swag he had on. And he's thinking, I'm in luck. But what does the priest do? (laughs) See, he, 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 he does not pass the vibe check. He keeps on going. And then you've got... A Levite who is someone who does sacrifices in the temple, religious guy too. He's thinking, the priest, he was a busy guy, but this Levite, he makes sacrifices to God. He'll help me. What does the Levite do? He goes to the other side of the road. When, like, the same way when you see your, ex, your ex-boyfriend. Goes to the other side of the road and keeps on walking. But then a Samaritan comes. The Jewish people were a race. Samaritans were another race that were somewhat connected to the Jewish people, but not connected to the Jewish people. And there was a lot of animosity. So this Jewish guy who's laying down halfway dead sees a Samaritan coming, and he's probably thinking, well, if the priest won't help me, and the Levi won't help me, who are my race and who are my religion, this Samaritan not a chance. But what does the Samaritan do if you're familiar with the story? It says he sees him, he has compassion, he stops and he he, he takes care of him, he takes him to a a place, a hotel to stay at and he nurses him back to health. And Jesus is using the story to point to the fact that hey you need to love everyone and you need to love with action. But how do we love with action? The story on the outside is the buttery garlicky bread of the pepperoni roll. The inside, the story inside the story is, who are my neighbors and how do I love them? Kind of reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger, kindergarten cop. Who is your daddy and what does he do? You've probably never seen that movie. You should watch it, kindergarten cop. Who are my neighbors and how should I love them? Well, there are a few things that we see in here that tell us how we're supposed to love our neighbors. The first thing that we see Look at the robbers. How did the robbers treat this guy? The robbers treated this guy as someone to use, abuse, and exploit. I don't have to, I don't have to talk too much about this because you know. You know what this is like, that there are maybe people in your school, um, there are people that you know who have been used, abused, and exploited by other people. Maybe you're the person who's been used, abused, and exploited by other people. We don't live in a world that's kind toward others. We especially don't live in a world that's kind toward people who are, are vulnerable. What happens when the guy that is a little strange... He's a strange bird, and he wanders into the bathroom at school at the wrong time with the wrong group of guys in there. What happens to him? You see the videos all the time. What happens to him? What happens when a girl wears, heaven forbid, wears the wrong color on the wrong day or something like that? Everybody talks about how like terrible she dressed or how, you, how, how ugly she looks today. You know what I'm talking about? Or do I I need to elaborate more? You know how this is, right? People can be downright mean. I thought I'd get an amen out of that one. You know, people can be downright mean. There we go. (laughs) Middle school girls know what I'm talking about, right? Like I would never in my life want to be a middle school girl. I pray for y'all every day. People can be downright mean. And these robbers, they didn't see this man as someone who's created in the image of God. They saw someone who was by himself, vulnerable, we can get money out of him. We can take out some of our anger because we don't have a good home life. We can take our anger out on this guy. We can make ourselves feel big and strong and macho, tough. You know, they didn't have big brodos or trucks back then, so they had to beat people up. You know, so, so we, they saw him as someone to use, abuse, and exploit. The next group of people were the religious leaders. They saw him as a problem to be avoided. They saw him like I-64 on rush hour. How many of y'all, your parents get really angry when they drive? Anybody? anybody? Yeah, you, you can spill the tea on your parents right now. They get really angry. And, and you, if your parents have road rage, they probably have been trying to avoid all the construction. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I about lose my Christianity a few times. Like if I didn't believe in eternal security, I'd be in big trouble. Uh, because... It's a problem to be avoided. I don't drive this stretch between here and the mall anymore. I'm done with it. I've written it off. It's dead to me. You ever have problems that you try to avoid? Are there ever people you avoid because you know if you talk to them, like, you're in for it. Like, (laughs) like you're going to hear their life story. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. Problems. To avoid. There were reasons that these this priest and these Levite, these religious people, may, could have made up in their mind to why they avoided him. A priest, like if, if someone was beaten and they were and they were bleeding, according to this priest's religion and this Levite's religion and some of the laws that they had made up in addition to the Bible, if they were to touch them, or they were to get close to them, or if they were to talk to them, they would be what they call ceremonially unclean. Meaning they had to go through all these rituals before they were allowed to be back in the temple. And they're probably thinking, I got way too much to do today. I don't have time to go through the baptismal pool and do all that ceremonial cleansing. I'd take care of him, but God, hey guys, up here, up here. I'd take care of him, but God would want me to go and take care of what I have planned to do for him. They came up with reasons, churchy reasons, to avoid doing what God actually commanded them to do. They saw him as a problem to be avoided. What happens when you, someone you, you know, a friend of yours, a relative of yours, has a death in the family? One of the most awkward things for me, and I'm a pastor, is still going to the funeral home. Y'all ever been to a funeral home? I never know what, I never know what to say. I never know what to do. Sorry. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't know what to say. Like, so a lot of times I just go and I say sorry and I give people a hug. Um, it, it's awkward. Right. If we didn't have to do it, we wouldn't do it. Uh, what what hap- what, you, what what happens when somebody gets you know, gets beat up at school and, and like they're just like sitting there like in this big pile of mess? Like what do you say to them? Like 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 like, like, like sorry you got beat up? <laughs> like like what do you say after that? We see people sometimes as pro- especially as religious people, we see people as problems to be avoided. Man, they messed up real big. She got she got pregnant. I can't be seen with her. Maybe God wants you to reach out to her, right? We see sometimes people who need Jesus and who need love and who need compassion as problems to be avoided. Then here's the innkeeper. You ever think about this? The innkeeper saw him as someone to love for a fee. You know, I'm not, I don't want to get into the whole vaccination thing, but what cracked me up so much is that Krispy Kreme was giving free donuts to people who, showed, like, who, got, va- who got vaccinated. So I was, like, I was like, yeah, you won't do it to like, save humanity, but you'll do it for a donut. Like, <laughs> like, like sometimes in, in our minds, we're doing things that we think we're doing for God or we think they're good things because they're religious things, but we're only doing them to get rewarded. Like, we're only setting up chairs, like guys, or you're only setting up chairs so the girls can see the fact that you carry three at a time, so you must be a boss. Like, 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 like w- we go on mission trips not necessarily because we want to serve God, but because we want to be with our friends and we want to have an adventure. You see where I'm going with this? Sometimes we don't love people because we love people and we love God. We love people because we think we might get something in return. Here's what I know, if that man hadn't paid the innkeeper, to keep the guy, the innkeeper wouldn't have kept the guy. Right? He was helping, the innkeeper took care of this guy while the Samaritan was gone, but he did it because he was getting paid to do it. Some of us What if we had no reward for helping someone? Would we still help them? If we had no reward for sharing the gospel with someone, nobody would come up up to us and, and give us a pat on the back. Hey, I'm really proud of you for sharing the gospel. I'm really proud of you for serving the Lord. If you knew that nobody would congratulate you, would you still do it? But then we see the Samaritan. The Samaritan saw him as a person worth being cared for and loved. Look at at verse number 33. It says, the Samaritan, as he journeyed where he was, he saw him and he had compassion on him. It's one of my favorite words in the Bible. In the Greek, it's written splognizomai. Try to say that, splognizomai. You gotta kinda, when you say it, it's almost like you're hocking up a loogie. (laughs) Splognizomai. Don't say that like too close to somebody else. You may like shower them with spit. my. Here's what it means. Some of you have heard this before. It means to be moved as in one's bowels with pity. Wow. Man, that sounds disgusting. I don't want to get too graphic here, but I'll give you anatomy lesson. Did you know the bowels are the lowest vital organ in the body? So what they mean, what this this Jewish term that was brought into Greek meant was that from the deepest part within you, you felt sorry for someone and you felt pity for someone. It's the kind of compassion that's not just like, oh, that sucks, and then you keep going. It's putting yourself in the situation of the person that you see and feel it, trying to feel the pain they feel, and not being able to walk on the other side of the road because if you know if you don't help them, nobody else will. And that's what we see this that, that, that's what we see this Samaritan doing. He saw him as a person worth being cared for and loved. Every person we see, every person we interact with, the normal birds and the strange birds in your life, you know what the Bible tells us, you know what God tells us in his word? That they were created in God's image that God breathed into them the breath of life. We learn in the Bible in Psalm 139 that even while they were in their mommy's belly playing like patty cake with mommy's pancreas and other vital organs, (laughs) Emily knows what I'm talking about, but like, (laughs) like, like playing patty cake with their mom's vital organs that God, it says, was knitting them together, was giving them the personality that he would give them and that all their days were numbered in their book and that every person you meet has a soul that's eternal. We we, we talked in high school about a guy who was in a body bag and unzipped the body bag from the inside out because they thought he was dead and he wasn't. But everybody dies at some point, but the soul lives on and goes one of two places. So when you have an interaction with somebody, when you bump into somebody in the hallway. You know how that happens in school when it's crowded? You bump into, especially at Midland with that like horseshoe thing and it's like jam-packed. Like when you bump into somebody in the hallway, you're bumping into someone who has created the image of God. The breath of life to them was given by God and they have a soul that will live forever. And I believe this Samaritan man saw more than just a guy that was in a bad spot. He saw someone who was created in the image of God and because of that, they deserved love. And they deserve care. That's the pepperoni (laughs) in the pepperoni roll. That's the story that Jesus told, that parable, to get us thinking about the degree to which we're supposed to care and love for our neighbors, even the strange birds. So Jesus tells a story to this man, this lawyer, this expert in the law, and then he throws a question back to the strange or back to this teacher. Look at what he says. Let me get my little pink pen back out here. He says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The, we know the obvious answer, right? It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite. It definitely wasn't the robbers. It wasn't the innkeeper. It was the Samaritan. A guy of another race from another area was the neighbor He said, the one who showed him mercy. But look what Jesus says. He says, you go and you do likewise. Whoa. That means that in order to get into heaven, I have to love every person I meet. I have to have loved every person I've ever met to the degree that this Samaritan man loved this neighbor. How many of y'all have a perfect record of that? You're batting a thousand, a hundred percent. We've all, at the, even up to this point in our lives, failed that class, haven't we? We've all done something to hurt. There are people that not only have we not cared for, there are people that we've hurt probably. So this man left. Remember, how did he start? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he left with no hope for eternal life, didn't he? Because he didn't love his neighbor. What is this story telling us? What is the outside of the pepperoni roll reminding us about? The garlicky bread. What's it remind? It's that we can't get eternal life by doing anything. Jesus said this to his disciples, interestingly enough, right before he wrote, right before he had this interaction with this man. He said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. they have just done a bunch of awesome things for God. He says, don't rejoice in the things that you did for God. He says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The difference between this expert in the law and these disciples were these disciples believed in Jesus and they trusted in Jesus for eternal life. And this man was trusting in himself for eternal life. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? All of us have failed this test. If the test of heaven is on how much you love people to get into heaven, we've all failed. And I think a lot of people are kinda like that innkeeper. I'll love people, I'll love you and I'll love you and I'll even love some weird strange birds because God will like that and that'll put, that, that'll put me in good with God. There was a man who was doing some work in our church one time and I, I went over to thank him and appreciate him. He was from an outside company to come in and I said, hey, thank you so much for coming and, 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 and doing this work for us, I appreciate it. He said, I'm glad to do it. He said, I just hope that you know I do the, these good things for churches, that'll put me in good with God and I'll get to heaven when I die. Of course, I had the opportunity to explain to him, it's not about what you do, it's about who you believe in, believing in Jesus, but so many people think, if I just do this, and if I do this, and I do this, we love people out of guilt. We don't love people because we're loved. So we see through this story, first, how we should love people, but we see on the other side, why we should love people, and the reason that we should love people is not to To be accepted by God, but we should love people because we've already been accepted by God when we believe in his name and we've experienced the love of God and we want to extend it to other people. So, question is, how can I love my neighbor as a teenager? Three ways to love where you live. I got no F words tonight. I got three phrases. I want you to map it out. I want you to slow it down. And I want you to get it right. The first is map it out. Write down the places you go and the people you meet. You don't have to do this right now, but you know something I've done before? What you do is you go like this. Here's high school Matt. We're gonna take a, a trip back to high school with me. I think, where are the places that I would go? I'd go to school. I'd go to work. I started working when I turned 15, never stopped working. Anybody else like that? Uh, I went to work. I had my soccer friends. There was this crazy, these were some strange birds. My camping buddies. Oh, and then I also, I was a part of a family. I forgot about them. So, oh, and I went to church. Yeah. How can we forget about church? So I had all these places where I went. And there were people I met at every single one of these. At work, there was a guy named Blake. He was weird, he was a climatologist in study. Um, There was a guy named John, he was a Mormon and he had a lot of questions about Jesus. There was this like 80 year old woman named Nancy. (laughs) And we struck up a friendship. So there were people at my work. Uh, There were people at school. Yeah, there were people like Nick. There were people, oh goodness. There were people like John. There were some interesting people that you, I went to a Christian school, but you, you'd be surprised how many people in the Christian school did not believe in Jesus. Well, then we, we really had to pray hard for these guys. There were some camping buddies. There's Lance. There's Daniel. There's Brad. There's Josh. And we stayed out all hours of the night. And then there's my family. There's mom. There's dad. I had one sister. And I had two younger brothers who were jerks. Not really. Oh, and then I had soccer friends. You know, can't forget them. I'm terrible at drawing here. No, these are first names. Oh, and then there were people at church. There's like Chad. Ryan. Ryan. There are, all, there are all kinds of people. But you see, you start looking at all the people. You think, I'm just a, I'm a high schooler. I'm a middle schooler. There's nobody that I can reach. Well, look, you've got people you do weird stuff with. You've got people in your family. You've got people you play sports with. You've got people you come to church with. Not everybody comes to church to save. You've got people, maybe you have a job. There are people you work with. There are people you go to school with. There are so many people that you run it. We haven't even talked about the Speedway ladies. Okay, we don't have time to talk about them. They got, they're some strange birds. Everybody you come in contact with is a soul that's created by God. So map it out. Start writing down the names and praying for them. Next, slow it down. Some of us are way too busy to help anybody. We're way too busy to live and love like Jesus. We got places to be. We got practices to go to. We've got uh, homework to do. We've got uh, dates to go on. Some of you, anyway. Um, Some of you just wish you had dates to go on. We have. uh, You you, you have assignments. You got. We we have so much going on. Our our, our weeks and months are scheduled out so far ahead. You don't have time. You don't have time. We got to slow it down. Then finally, we got to get it right. So many people are working. For acceptance instead of working from acceptance. Loving people doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But when Jesus saves you, He puts in your heart a love for people. And since you've been accepted, you got to accept others. So there's some strange birds in your life. I know it. Some of you are sitting right next to them. There's some strange birds in your life. But what if you start loving them like Jesus? So I'm going to pray. And go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. And as I'm getting ready to pray, what I want you to do is I want you to think about one strange bird in your life. One person who maybe, if you are honest, you've kind of avoided. Uh, if, you, if you're honest, you really rather, you'd rather not have to deal with that person. But God's brought them into your life for a reason and God brought them to your mind right now for a reason. What I want you to do is I pray for us. I want you to lift their name up quietly in your heart to God and ask God to give you an opportunity to show them love this week. So let's pray. God, we're we're convicted by a story, within a story, of someone who had no reason to show love to someone but did. Lord, there are people in our lives that you've brought that sometimes we get really frustrated with. Um, Sometimes we try to avoid like the the, the priest and the Levite did. God, they're in our lives for a reason. So I pray for each person here tonight as they're calling out a name to you quietly in their heart. Uh, God, I pray that you will give them an opportunity to show love to them this week. I pray that as they have that opportunity, God, that they will seize it. They'll jump on it. They'll clear their schedule if they have to and they will be there for that person whether it means spending time with them, praying for them, sharing the gospel with them or even doing something, something you know, physical as far as giving them something or, or buying them something or providing something for them that they need. God, I pray that you'll give us an opportunity to live and love like you to everybody you bring into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.